I'm Andrew Twing. I'm on the worship team that we call the worship team at Renew, all the people who participate in putting this time together, and we need more people to do it, uh, to do stuff like reading like I'm doing, uh, and everybody can do it, but I'm doing it today. Uh, <laughs> okay, I'm reading from the Bible from Genesis 12, 1 through 5. The Lord said to Abram, leave your land, your family, and your father's household for the land that I will show you. I'll make of you a great nation, and I'll bless you. I'll make your name respected, and you will be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you, those who curse you I will curse. All the families of the earth will be blessed because of you. Abram left just as the Lord told him, and Lot went with him. Now Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. Abram took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all their possessions, and those who became members of their household in Haran. And they set out for the land of Canaan. Also, you read Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Look, I myself will be with you every day until the end of this present age. God, will you uh, use, the, use what we have from the Bible to teach us and change us? and tell us what to do, but also change our hearts so that we do it, uh, and so that we do it without having to think about the commands. Um, and yeah, use this time to talk to us about yourself, and do your thing. Uh, amen. For the last month, we've been talking about identity, who we are as a people, what our vision is, what characterizes us, what our values are. The next question we're turning to is, what does that mean? What does that look like? What do we do? This section will uh, cover eight weeks, generally following the book Tangible Kingdom, the workbook primer. And it has these chapters that are laid out. What, what does it look like to make, um, to live out the kingdom, to live out our identity in Christ? And so this week, this first week, um, I'm going to be talking about We Are Sent. As God's people, as God's church, as Renew, we are sent. So let me pray, um, and then we'll go forward. God, thank you for your word. Thank you that your word goes out and your spirit um, enters each of our hearts and our minds um, to deliver that word and to plant a seed of change, of growth, of healing, of knowledge, of wisdom, um, into our hearts and minds, and I pray that that will happen, that in spite of me, in spite of my limitations, um, that my words will uh, be faithful, that I can be faithful to your word and to you, in your name, amen. So I want us to consider the squirrel, consider the squirrel, and the squirrel, you know, when you look at a squirrel, squirrels look so smart, right, because they're really quick, and they're twitchy and their eyes are like, they're very alert and they'll look at you from a distance. They'll pop their head up and look at you and they're always industrious and busy, right? It seems like they're always grabbing nuts and acorns or they're scurrying up limbs, scurrying up trees across your porch railing. Um, I, there's one squirrel in our yard that we always see and he's always crossing, uh, g- going onto our porch and I'm like, are there food? Is there food that Cammy or Isaiah dropped on our porch? Like, is there, are they eating it? And every time I come out, 
wanting to be friendly with nature, the squirrel is gone. And, and you see squirrels chasing each other or playing in the spring. They're really close behind each other and they're chasing each other around and around trees, around uh, branches and stuff like that. Squirrels just seem quick, bright, industrious. But did you know that squirrels are actually pretty dumb? Squirrels are dumb uh, because you know they dig, they dig holes, right? And they put their acorns, or in our case, chestnuts. There's a, a bunch of chestnuts that fall in our yard, and they're always digging, them, uh, digging holes and putting them in there. And uh, I know because when I weed, I always pull up these random chestnuts, and I'm like, where did this come from? It's because a squirrel had dug it. And dogs, you know, dogs are known to dig up holes and put bones or things that they like different bones into the, and they remember it by because of their sense and people think or assume that squirrels like how do they find all the nuts that they buried if they're busy it's so industrious always planting nuts digging uh, uh, burying their nuts like how do they find those hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of acorns or chestnuts that they bury is it the sense of smell or what is it do they have just some sort of sixth sense um but actually, there have been studies that say that squirrels do not fail to find 75% of the nuts that they bury. There are studies that did this. So squirrels are so busy burying these nuts, but they cannot find three quarters of the nuts that they bury. Squirrels are actually dumb. Like, why are you burying them? Right? That's like batting 250 in baseball. A quarter of the time, you're going to get a hit. In the winter, when they need it and they need food, need to eat, maybe they'll like pick up one, you know, one out of every, every four. But here's the beauty of it. The squirrel's forgetfulness actually lends to, uh, that's how forests, forests grow. That's how trees are reforested, as all these nuts grow into trees. And I, I am a witness to this because... Yesterday, I did some weeding, and I was pulling up some weeds, but I was also pulling up baby trees. All their sprout, we just have bark and dirt in our front yard, no grass, and usually it's nice and brown, but in the spring, there's like green things. It's just like a clutter, and so I need to pick them up, pick them up, and I, I'm digging, and I pull out these chest, you know, I'm pulling on some leaves, some greenery, and these chestnuts pop out and they're like broken up and that's where the tree is sprouting from. And there's like a hundred of these that I pulled out. It's because the squirrel had planted them and forgotten about them. But the reason why I tell this story is that God uses the squirrel to grow more trees. Isn't that amazing? That God uses the forgetfulness of a squirrel or the, the trees are using the squirrel as their means of reproducing. The forgetfulness of a squirrel is how trees grow and are planted. And, and that's amazing that, uh, that even the squirrels are living out God's mandate in creation, right? Go, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and multiply, right? The squirrels are helping trees do that unknowingly and by being goofy and forgetful like where did my nuts go um and and that's amazing that even got a squirrel in its dumbness is sent right and beauty happens but we serve and worship 
ascending God. Our God is ascending God. Um, if we go back into the pages of Scripture, in creation, if you remember, God's spirit is hovering over the deep, right? And God is, sends his word out into the chaos. He sends his word out, and creation happens. His word goes forth from him, and creation happens. Then he creates humanity, and in creating humanity, he commissions or he sends Adam and Eve to scatter and fill the earth and be fruitful and to multiply. Um, God sends. God sends. And as we see uh, the Genesis 12 passage uh, that Andrew read, God sends Abraham. Right? For all we know, this is the first interaction uh, that Abraham has with Yahweh, the God of his fathers and his ancestors. This could be the first interaction. And this interaction is, go from everything that you know, go from your home, your security, and your home place, and go to a place you don't know. And Abraham is faithful and goes. Abraham is sent. And in his being sent, we see later New Testament writers uh, talk about Abraham's faith um, was reckoned to him as his righteousness, right? His faithfulness in taking that risk that step of trusting in God and stepping in from the known into the unknown um, is what makes him righteous, that faith. God sends. Jesus says to the disciples after he's resurrected and he's about to go up to the Father, he says in John 20, 21, As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. So God is a sender. He sent Jesus to the world and Jesus in turn as God sent Jesus Jesus sends us um, John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only son right he sent his only son if we believe in him we won't perish but have everlasting life God as the father has sent me I am sending you our God is ascending God our God is a missionary God. Zach Bradley in a blog post I, I read said, God, out of the overflow of his character, is a sender. We then by nature are sent. The imago Dei, the image of God, makes it pulse in our veins. Right? Makes it pulse in our veins, this descending nature. As the imago Dei, we have, we have God's DNA Right, written in us. We're programmed into the image of God. Right? And that's that sending nature is pulsing in our veins. He goes on to say, the missio day moves us to get on our feet and go. So that's why we go. We are sent. Right? God is a sender. The Imago Day makes this idea pulse in our veins. And the mission of God, the missio day, moves us to get on our feet and go. So that's why we go, we are sent. Um, when we look at the Matthew passage, Jesus again is post-resurrection. It's the last chapter, it's the last thing he says to the disciples before he moves on in Matthew, the very end of Matthew. He gives them what we call the Great Commission. He says to the disciples, therefore, and go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them 
to obey everything that I have commanded you. Look, I myself will be with you every day until the end of this present age. Right? Being a disciple is an identity and a purpose. An identity and a purpose. Being a disciple is an identity and a purpose. And a lot of times when we look at this, a lot of people, when we look at this passage, we're like, what is a disciple? And we have to kind of glean out what is a disciple. Because sometimes we can think disciple is an elite Christian, right? Like I, I can believe in Christ. I can be a follower of Jesus. But disciple, being a disciple of Christ, that's the next level, right? That's like for the pastors and the staff and maybe like, the crazy committed lay person in the church, like the elders or whatever, they have, they do training, right? They uh, meet with someone and they get discipled, so they're a disciple of Christ. But that's not the intent, as if it, was a, it were a level. Being a disciple is a level that you achieve, an elite level. No, actually, in the New Testament, when disciple, the word of disciple is used synonymously with follower of Jesus or believer of Jesus. Go therefore and make followers of Jesus, believers of Jesus, right? If you believe and follow Jesus, you are a disciple of Jesus. There's a difference. When you are in Jesus, your identity is as a disciple, right? It's not a better you. It's not a better Dave, right? I'm Dave and I need to become disciple Dave, which is a better Dave. No, I, I love Jesus, I believe in Jesus, I follow Jesus, so I am a disciple of Jesus. Uh, what the distinction is, is that being a disciple of Christ is an identity. It's not something that we do and strive for, but it's an identity. And that means that this Great Commission, right, reflects an identity that's coursing through all of our veins. So being a disciple is an identity and a purpose. Our identity is the Imago Dei. Uh, you guys know what Imago Dei is? Image of God. Our identity is we are in the image of God. Right? We are relational. Right? We are sent. We are creative beings. Um, we are in the image of God. We are children of God. Our identity is the Mago Dei. Our purpose is the Missio Dei. Just as God is ascending God, we participate in God's sending and mission in the world. Right? We participate uh, in the Missio Dei. Um, as a disciple, you have an identity. You belong to Jesus. You belong to Jesus. And your purpose is that you are sent. We belong to Jesus, and our purposes, we are sent. We belong to Jesus, and we are sent. So let's talk about the missional church. You know, you hear about, is your church missional, or we, we want to be a missional church. We want to have missional communities. Um, we talk about all kinds of things. You hear the missional. Uh, on one side of it, the skeptical part of me is like, oh, missional, it's just a trendy word. Right? Everyone wants to be missional, but really, what does it mean? You know, is it just another word for a synonym for the emerging church? Right? So we can, it just means we have coffee shops and we talk about neighbors. Right? We say the word neighbors a lot. 
Um, is that missional? Or what really is it? And I really think at the core, the missional movement, really it's just biblical, right? It's what, how God intended things to be. But at the core, the missional living, missional living or being missional, that phrase is rooted in the phrase of missio dei, which I mentioned. And that in Latin actually means the sending of God. So the mission of God, the sending of God. Um, and Leslie Newbigin, who's a theologian, says that the church is sent into the world to continue that which he came to do, that which Jesus came to do in the power of the same spirit, reconciling people to God. Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Right? Just as God is ascending God, he sent Jesus. Jesus is sending us just as God sent Jesus. Alan Hirsch writes, to be missional means to be sent into the world. We do not expect people to come to us. This posture dif differentiates a missional church from an attractional church. Attractional church merely extracts people from the culture, causing them to assimilate into the church. Missional represents a significant way we think about the church. As the people of a missionary God, we ought to engage the world the same way he does, by going out rather than just reaching out. That's Alan Hirsch. So this idea of the missional church is kind of a reposturing or refocusing the idea of church as we are inviting people in, right? And here are our programs. Here are the things that we do. Here's our music. Here's our worship. And what it means to be the church is to invite people into the church and, and hope that they come. Or we create activities or we create events so that they can come to it. Rather than that, it's a posture of living. That all of us, because we are disciples and because our identity as a disciples necessitates an overflow of going out and participating in the mission of God. It's how we interact with the world. It's how we interact with people around us. We interact as sent ones. Does that make sense? And so that kind of connects it more to identity, more to identity and outflow of that identity than just a mere creating activity. And a lot of times when we think of missional, we, can th uh, we often fall back on the habit of just creating act missional activity. Oh, we need to be missional, so let's create activity over here, or activity over here, and that, so we can be missional, right? But being missional is less of creating activity that we can do that looks like the activity of God. It's more about who God is, who God is. Mission starts with who God is, that God so love the world that he sends himself. He sends his word in creation. John chapter 1, he sends his word into the world. And he sends us because he loves the world, because he loves people. He's the hound of heaven, as people say. God is a God who chases. God is a God who runs after people. Right? That's who God is. And that's the starting point for being sent, for being missional, is who God is 
and his heart for the world. And so when we look at it like that, it's less of creating activity, right? Because we're frantic little squirrels, right? Industrial squirrels. And it's more like we're participating in what God is already doing and God being God in the world. Doesn't, isn't that less stressful, right? When we walk around in our workplace or when we walk around in our schools or when we walk around down our street, we are participating in what God is already doing, loving and sending and being. And we are part of that. We're participating in that mission that's already happening around us. So we are squirrels. I don't want to say, go so far as to say we are dumb squirrels, right? But, <laughs> okay, we're dumb, clumsy squirrels, right? God is doing the work. It is, the kingdom is already happening around us. And we're just burying our nuts. We're being faithful nut barriers, right? We're digging here, we're digging here, we're digging here. And woo, guess what? A forest is growing. And even if we don't see the whole picture, even if we, it was because we goofed it up, right? God's will and mission is being done. That's what it means to be sent. Does that make sense? Being sent doesn't make, mean we are creating mission. We are putting this church on my back and we are going and doing this so I can post it on Facebook and say, see what we did? It's not about activity. It's about being in the world, how we are being. It's identity. Are you with me, church? Are you getting what I'm saying? We are sent because God is ascending God. And being a disciple means we are sent. And that's what being missional means. We are a sent people. So I imagine Abram. The Lord says to Abram, Leave your land, your family, and your father's household for the land that I will show you, right? And I'll make, I'll make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and the nations will be blessed. All the families of the earth will be blessed because of you. And if you notice, our, our kind of vision statement reflects this idea and this notion of God's sending of Abraham. Right? That renew, we are renewed by God for the renewal of our neighborhoods. Right? God is saying, I will bless you so you can bless the nations. Right? I'll bless you so you can, be the, so you can bless the nations. Right? We are being renewed by God for the renewal of our neighborhoods. And that, that idea is, as because God first loved us, our actions what we do, who we are, and, and being sent is an overflow or a result of God loving us, renewing us, transforming us. How can you participate in the healing of people if you have not been healed yourself? Right? How can you go and show compassion and love and mercy to people if you have not received compassion, love, and mercy? How can you forgive if you haven't been forgiven. Amen? We, we are because we have been, right? Our, our purpose, our doing, always must flow out of our being, right? our receiving. 
of who we are. And that comes, that source comes from God and God's people. Our identity and our purpose go hand in hand. Being a disciple of Christ, being sent is an identity and a purpose. Um, And the core decision in living the missional life is to give God and our plans in exchange for his plans. Um, Abraham having to go out uh, was a challenge because he had uh, to go away from everything that he knew. And God calling us to go away from maybe the things that we know are our safe our desires for safety, comfort, control, and stability um, is difficult, right? And living the faithful life means kind of our priorities, like prioritizing, um, willing to give God these things that we desire or uh, our safety or our comfort and saying, I will go, right? Say go and I will go. But if you notice, both in Genesis and in um, the Great Commission, that was read in the Matthew passage Jesus says and I will be with you right that's that's the Emmanuel and you see the Emmanuel God with us we talk about Emmanuel during Christmas right God with us the promise of God with us but this promise is actually all through scripture right in Genesis Exodus you hear God saying and I will be with you and my presence will go with you Right, Moses uh, intercedes on behalf of his people and says, we won't go, I'm not going to go unless your presence also goes, right? unless you go with us. Right? And, and, Matthew, and Matthew, Jesus is saying, yes, you're scared. Yes, I'm leaving. Yes, you don't know what to do, but don't worry. I will be with you until the end of the age. God's presence is the promise. I will be with you. And that is at the core of our security. Our security is grounded in the fact that God promises to be with us. Right? Nothing, Nothing is guaranteed when we go out there. I can go out there and get hit by a car. I can go out there and lose my job. If Janice lost her job, we'd be screwed, right? Literally, we're just an accident away, right? But our deepest security is not in the job that we have or the money we have, right? It's that God is with us. In whatever circumstances, God is with us. And so when we go out sent, know that God is with you when you go out as sent people you are his children he is with you right you're scared you don't know how the world will respond to you but god is with you amen amen a couple quotes here this is from ed setzer 
He says, so when we talk about mission and being missional, being sent, a sent people, we need to remember that generating mission activity is not the mission. The mission is tied into the nature of who God is and the nature of the gospel itself. We take our cue from God's activity and our lives are to be ordered and shaped by what God's mission for his world is. Playing missional, quote unquote, without being gospel-centered and great commission engaged only means you have a personal agenda. When you understand that God is a sender, you are simply responding to the character of God and his purposes for the world when you live sent. And because you live sent, it means you will live and lead differently. As sent people, we live differently. We join him in that mission so that everyone from every tongue, tribe, nation, every people group, every population segment, every cultural environment hears the good news of Jesus Christ and is reached by a church appropriate to its cultural setting. We live as sent people. So that renew when we say we are sent, that means we are just living out who God is and what God is in us. Right? And God says, go. And we, the sent people, the disciples, say, yes, I will go. 